0: This podcast is supported by Apollo Global Management. Ensuring a brighter, bolder future means investing in tomorrow, today. That's why Apollo is financing solutions to some of the world's most complex challenges. Learn more at Apollo.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to At Barron's. I'm Kristen Bellstrom, Barron's Managing Editor, filling in for Andy Serwer today. And welcome to our guest, Penny Pennington, Managing Partner of Edward Jones. Good morning. Hi, Penny. It's so nice to see you. Great to
2: see you again.
1: So I want to start by talking a little bit about the scale of Edward Jones. Uh, You have, I believe, something like 8 million clients. So that gives you a pretty unique view into what Americans are thinking about the economy, the markets, their own financial situation. So what are you hearing right now? What is top of mind? For your clients?
2: Well, we are North America's advisor, so nearly 20,000 financial advisors in the United States and Canada. We have a client in every county but one in the United States, and a brick and mortar location in two-thirds of the counties, a trillion-eight of assets under care, depending on what's going on with the market that day. So um, the way you describe it, Kristen, is exactly right. We are, we are hyper-local, our reach is vast. We're North America's advisor. And so we really do believe that we have uh, the the pulse on what what's in the hearts and the minds of our clients, of North American investors. Well, what they're what they're thinking about and talking about is their families. They're talking about the health of their families and thinking about uh, passing their wealth to their families multigenerationally. Um More currently, they're thinking about, prices, and inflation, and jobs, and um, how they think about geopolitical geopolitical situations that are causing a lot of volatility. Fundamentally, no matter what's going on in the world, uh, the key is to understand, probably with the help of a financial advisor in our case, understand what your needs, wants, and wishes are. Put together a plan that can help you turn your life plan into a financial plan and then get some help monitoring that over time. We find during times of volatility that perhaps as investors, we need to test our own tolerance for risk, how well we're sleeping at night based, uh, based on what we're experiencing in our families in the news. And so this is a constant dialogue among investors and their financial advisor um, to make sure that they're current on that plan and that they are keeping their eye on the long-term.
1: know you're you're this is exactly what you're talking about right with this volatility this is a hard time to be a retail investor i think you know we keep hearing from people uh we don't know if there's going to be a recession or when it might hit we don't know what's happening with interest rates as you said look abroad and there's a lot of uh, tension we're seeing multiple wars if you could just give investors a couple of pieces of advice for getting through this type of period uh, what would you say
2: well Something that has always been the case about making good choices about your investments as it relates to your long-term plan is, as best possible, take the emotion out of it. And this is where a good financial advisor and a good plan really comes in. While times are pretty tumultuous now, I'm not sure we can point to a time in years past that didn't have some tumult to it. And so by taking the emotion out of it, by thinking first about our tolerance for risk, thinking about the time horizon that we're planning for, and then thinking about the types of goals that we have. Are, 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 they, are they goals that, um, that would, uh, would lead us to need to take more risk or less risk in order to attain uh, a comfortable retirement, for example, or put a cr- child or a grandchild through college? Um, or be in a position to leave a current job to start a new career. So taking the emotion out of all of those life choices, and that's very, very challenging, uh, and and ensuring that your investment plan can flex to meet the needs of your own goals as well as um, the volatility that might happen in the market. So taking the emotion out of it very often requires uh, a, a trusted advisor to help you do that.
1: And one thing that does come with volatility often is opportunity. Uh, Do you see any particular opportunities out there right now?
2: Sure. Well, there's always opportunity, right? It's that that Chinese symbol of uh, yin and yang, I guess. Risk and opportunity kind of goes together. Um, So what, what we're faced with currently is a situation where interest rates have been rising, um, at, the ta- at the same time, the market has been softening to some degree. There are the, the Magnificent Seven that's getting uh, all the press right now in terms of the performance of the S&P 500. Um, they're, they're soaking up a lot of ink, but that also means if you turn your gaze to some other places in the equity markets, there's some, there's some pretty decent valuations there. Also as interest rates uh, begin to moderate, when interest rates go down, bond values go up. And so when you think about interest rates probably beginning to moderate later in this year or maybe next year, that means bond prices are probably gonna go up. So we may be in a situation where we've actually got a, a more a more sanguine market, market environment than the tumult in the geopolitical si- situation is making us feel right now.
1: Okay, that is um, reassuring. Uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk about the business. Uh, There's, of course, a lot of competition in wealth management. Uh, Can you give us kind of like, in a nutshell, uh, why do you think people should go with Edward Jones?
2: Sure. So Edward Jones uh, occupies a very unique space in our industry. We put a premium on human advice and personal relationship. We have for 101 years. We've served seven generations over those 101 years through the ups and downs in the markets, the political situation, the geopolitical environment, market tumult. And so we have a, 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 in our DNA the ability to listen intently to a family, to an investor, to a particular situation, come to know them. We say, be our client's biographer know them at least as well as they know themselves, and be able to see around corners for them financially, to think with them multi-generationally, and about their own particular needs. We then build a financial plan that responds to that, and that continuously responds to what's going on in the marketplace, sure, but also what's going on in our clients' lives. Our clients, we know, want to want to talk with their financial advisor, talk with us about four pillars, their health, their family, their purpose, and then their finances. And so with 8 million clients across generations, uh, we have been been there for them and been there for them hyper-locally, community by community uh, with them and their families to help them achieve what's most important.
0: This podcast is supported by Apollo Global Management. As one of the world's largest alternative asset managers, Apollo is generating investment-grade credit, providing greater access to more resilient and diverse pools of capital, and helping to fill gaps in America's financial ecosystem. Learn more at Apollo.com slash private credit.
1: You've been leading the firm for coming up on five years. Um, and you've been making some changes and sort of putting your stamp on the business. And I wanna ask you about one of the changes uh, that you announced recently, which is, as I understand it, that uh, your advisors uh, will, will have the option to work in teams as opposed to individually, which is kind of how it's been historically. Um, there's been in the industry some, some really like positive feedback about that, but also some critics that say, you know, some of your competitors have been doing this for a while. Um, this feels a little bit like playing catch up. So what do you say to, to those types of takes?
2: Sure. Well, uh, again, we come from a real position of strength as a company. And the, the unique way that we have built our business model over the years has been entrepreneurial in nature, a financial advisor and their branch team building their practice in their community. That entrepreneurialism uh, comes all with it uh, uh, an environment of mutual support. Our financial advisors and branch teams support each other regionally as they grow their practices. And so what we see is bringing the best of those two things together. So financial advisors who look at their practices, look at the ambition they have, per- perhaps the niche that they want to serve in their client base. And so, you know, I, I, I need some other skills and capabilities in my team, on my team, And I want to lead a team like that, or I want to be part of a team like that. So now we have more flexibility, more autonomy, more choice for our financial advisors as they build their teams. I'm really enthused when I see financial advisors building multi-generational teams, bringing their children into their practices. I was at a a ribbon cutting for a multi-FA branch in Atlanta, in the Atlanta Financial Center, right in the heart of Buckhead, Uh, Just last week, there are four financial advisors in that branch. It is all women and diverse-led in that branch. They are making a mark uh, by by virtue of their practice for their clients and in the marketplace there. We're very excited about this opportunity. Uh, It's an opportunity. It's not something that we're requiring of our financial advisors, but they are voting with their feet. We've got about 1,200 financial advisors operating in multi-FA practices right now.
1: You mentioned these advisors who are um, women and underrepresented minorities, and that's something else I wanted to ask you about, because I know that's been a priority for you as well, is diversifying Edward Jones. Um, So where does that effort stand right now, and and why do you think of it as so important for the business?
2: Well, it's really essential, right? I mean, this is about competitiveness. It's about growth and innovation. So as we look at the marketplace today and coming, Consumers want to work with a brand where they know that they are seen, they're heard, especially when it relates to something as intimate as financial advice, being the biographer for a client and their family. They want to know that they can come to a place where they're safe to tell their story. And in many respects, that 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 necessitates a, an organization that faces the consuming public with a wide array, with a diverse array of professionals that can help those families. One of the things that's happening in the marketplace today is a massive transfer of wealth, $84 trillion that will transfer over the next 20 years to the next two generations, and the next two generations count themselves as much more racially, ethnically diverse than than my generation does. Women will inherit much of that money, $30 trillion of that $84 trillion will go into the hands of women. Affluence is going up in our country, traditional households, um, affluence since 2015, uh, affluent households have gone up by 50%. If you look at black African-American, LGBT, Asian, Hispanic, the affluence in those households has gone up by 50% more than that. So, so being culturally fluent and aware and agile, um, being able to hear our clients from the perspective of their backgrounds and experiences, and then adapting that, adapting their financial plan to meet their needs, that's what this is all about. It's about growth and competitiveness.
1: You know, one thing we have seen this year is some pretty vocal pushback against anything that includes uh, diversity, anything that includes, you know, ESG. And I'm just wondering how you're thinking about that, you know, the idea that by being so committed to this, you, you could potentially lose clients who don't agree with this. Um, so, h- how are you approaching that? Well,
2: the approach for us at the enterprise level is just as I, I was describing, Kristen, it, th- this is a matter of, of being relevant to generations of clients to come. Within the next 10 years, we need to be able to serve five generations of clients at one time. It's a huge opportunity, but it also also drives our strategy to be more representative of the people that we want to serve. I also don't think that anyone, any family coming to speak with one one of our financial advisors and really dig deeply into their needs, wants, and wishes. I don't think anyone would say, I don't want to come to a place that doesn't understand me, that doesn't cater to my particular needs. And with 8 million clients and growing, we want to be able to do that for more and more people. Now, as it relates to ESG, let me just talk about that for a second. We really meet our clients where they are in terms of the way that they want to invest. And many, many people and a growing number of people want their investments to reflect their own affinities and values. We don't press that on people. We listen to them about their affinities and values, how they want their investment profile to match that. And then we work really hard to match that. And many, many people have very different views about the investments that they they want to make. We want to meet them where they are.
1: Um, Let's talk about another hot topic. You can't have a conversation these days without talking about artificial intelligence. Um, So are you using AI uh, in any way currently at Edward Jones? And when you look ahead, what what kind of potential do you see for that technology for your business?
2: Sure. Well, artificial intelligence and now generative AI, um, we think of as being married with another kind of AI, advisor intelligence. So this is the human intelligence. This is where humans excel, empathy, wisdom, judgment, applying experience to the present and the future, hearing from a client what's not said. But when you combine that with artificial intelligence and generative AI, what happens is an explosion of productivity. It enables the human person, whatever, whoever that professional is, professionals in our research area, in our compliance and fraud detection areas, in our learning areas, it allows those humans um, to apply their human intelligence in a more productive way by using AI and yes, even generative AI to do the first version of a number of things, write The first version of a piece of software, write The first version of a, of a learning program, So we are already using AI and we're testing AI against a number of different productivity gains to unlock that productivity and efficiency in particular for our branch teams. It really takes the drudge out of much of the work that we do uh, and and magnifies all the best that a human being brings to wealth management and financial advice.
1: And of course, people have this idea that maybe at some point uh, generative AI is going to be crafting our investment strategies, uh, figuring out how to, how to play the market for us. Do you think like, is the technology have the potential to get beyond the drudge work mm-hmm. and, and do some of the um, more intellectual work?
2: Well, it already is. I mean, when we think of many of the algorithms that sit behind uh, investment management platforms, uh, ad- advisory solutions platforms, those algorithms are a form of artificial intelligence. They don't necessarily teach themselves, um, but as we as we uh, experiment more with generative AI, these algorithms will become smarter. They will become more infused with, current transaction data and for us will be more infused with relationship information it does make those systems smarter and frankly outcomes can be uh can can be achieved more reliably where at times we rely on uh, on artificial intelligence now Always then, the human interface of whether the the a decision that an AI platform might make should be tweaked or changed or altered for the needs and wants and wishes, the values of a particular investor and family. That's where the human interface is so important. Advisor intelligence comes to play then.
1: You grew up, and you've talked a lot about this, with uh, two parents who are both executives. Uh, your dad was the CEO of the shoe retailer Jedesco, Jadesco, and your mom was an executive at the Tennessee Valley Authority. What did you, as a child and growing up in that environment, what did you learn about career success from them?
2: Well, I watched two people who were growing in their careers for the entire time that I lived in their house, and then a- after I left and went to college. And we had, we had very open conversations about what they were learning. I saw them going into spaces that that required them to have what we call now a growth mindset. Uh, My dad went literally from the factory floor to manufacturing to retailing to leadership. My mother um, was uh, what what then was called a home economist. She helped. Homemakers know how to light and use light their homes and use electricity efficiently because we actually had an energy crisis decades sure. ago that that many of us lived through. Um, she was on television. Um, she learned how to run a, a power unit in a consumer district in a in a in a utility, not somewhere that women were very often. So I saw them having all of these experiences and realized that this idea of beca- of being a, a learn-it-all rather than a know-it-all was the, the, the life they were living. And they were passing on to me these values of, of opportunity comes when you put yourself into situations that you're not necessarily comfortable with. I saw them leading and learning, um, making a difference for our family and also making a difference in the community, in our church, um, in, in community organizations like Junior Achievement and United Way, I just saw this, this very full and impactful life. And I thought, that's what I'm supposed to do.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Penny Pennington Managing Partner, Edward Jones. This is At Barron's. I'm Kristen Bellstrom. We'll see you next time.
2: The production team for At Barron's is Elias Miladou, Rebecca Bisdale, Kinga Rojczak, Joe Lusby, and Laura Salaberry. The executive producers are Kristen Bellstrom and Melissa Haggerty. We'll be back with a new episode next week.
0: This podcast is supported by Apollo Global Management. By providing companies with access to flexible financing solutions and partnering with management teams, Apollo is there every step of the way to drive positive outcomes for businesses and power economic growth. Learn more at Apollo.com.